When I did the midseason report last week, did I forget the single most important development of the Utah Jazz this season? One listener thinks so. So we'll fix that next on Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider, and this is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. On today's show, Dario tweeted to me, and I actually saw it, and it wasn't a bot, and it wasn't somebody who either wanted to expose nudity or retweet something from 32 years ago that was tweeted and destroyed this great format. But I saw it, and he thinks I forgot the single most important thing about development, and that's Will Hardy. So we're going to touch on that. Ryan Smith and Hockey Fun, we'll touch on that. And then we are about 10 shows away from the trade deadline. So for each show, the rest of the way, we're going to grab three or four teams over the next seven or eight shows, analyze them, and see what the Jazz can do with them. And so today we'll look at Atlanta, Boston, Brooklyn, and Charlotte. As I mentioned, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider, and this is Locked on Jazz. It's your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. We are free. We are available on all podcasting apps. We are free and available on YouTube. You can join the comment section on YouTube. If you could take a second and give us a follow on any of those on YouTube, hit the bell button so you're notified, and then thumbs ups are always appreciated. It's kind of funny I do that. If you're watching on YouTube, where you're supposed to thumbs up, I have a fake green screen behind me of the Washington of the nation's capital, and my thumb does not exist. When I do that, I can make my thumb. It's magic, boys and girls. My thumb disappear. Um, today's show is brought to you in part by Prize Picks. Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code all lowercase locked on NBA. The first deposit match up to $100. So Dario, who says he's been an everydayer for eight years tweeted at me said enjoy the show you probably ran out of time but i thought the development of will hardy was worth mentioning as well love the pod been almost an everyday he's probably right when we did the kind of where we stand at the midway point we probably forgot the single most important point in any of person in any of jazz development I mean, really at this point will hardy is the face of the organization um Will Hardy is probably the single most important piece of the organization, even though players are generally more important than coaches. In this circumstance, I think Will's development and the fact that the Jazz have a high-level, high-developing, fa seemingly fabulous head coach is, I think, as important as any other piece, including Lowry Marketing, to where the Jazz are as a franchise right now. Um, development is an interesting word for Will Hardy because the number one thing that has impressed me the most about Will is how ready he was last year at 34 years old. He's very open and talks about just what an incredible process it was, how he didn't have any idea what's going on, how much calmer he is this year, all of those kind of things. But quite frankly, what jumps out to me about Will Hardy, and I don't know exactly when this happened, so I'm making this up a little bit, but to me, I have this vision 
of him at 29 years old sitting in the Spurs film room. He might have been out of the film room by 29, but just about then, go with that. Looking around and realizing, wow, every other person that ever has had this job ever became an NBA head coach. And then I'm going to become an NBA head coach. And I think he started preparing at that moment. He talks about the book that started with Jacques Vaughn teaching him all the Spurs offense and and just every note he's ever kept from every conversation he's ever had. And certainly by the time he's in Japan for the Olympics with Steve Kerr and Pop and all, then he knows he's going to be head coach at some point, Lloyd Pierce and the rest of the group. So what actually struck me the most in Will Hardy is just how ready he seemed to be last year at 34 years old and how unfazed by everything that was taking place. And we just didn't, if they were there, I didn't see those like awkward first year head coach moments. They happen usually, right? I mean, Ty Corbin is a was a first day head coach when Alvin Gentry calls the timeout kind of for him. Um, you know, we, we saw them just the game's fast. It's hard to be a head coach. Um, some of the most interesting conversations I've had is with people who did summer league for their who've coached summer league for the first time, and they share with me like how you know everything from like diagramming a play and then not having the right players in the game, right? You just like it's really really hard when you go through it for the first time so if, if there were those moments i missed them um so i think the first part is just like I, I get a little nervous on will hardy's development because he seems so ready to go this year i do think we've seen a versatility and a flexibility um you know what he sat down and talked to us about in hawaii is probably not what they're doing at game 40 like well he in the offseason and his staff kind of thought was the logical, correct thing to do, which when he explained it in Hawaii seemed totally to make sense. With the personnel didn't parlay out the way he would probably want it to or the way they would want to. It just didn't go as anticipated. And he's kind of pivoted a little bit. The other thing I would tell you from being on the inside on Will Hardy this year that's been most impressive to me has been a stick to there were just a lot of things early in the year he was working on doing with his team, and the team wasn't doing them. Like, I remember vividly in Memphis coming up to him after practice and being like, okay, so I'm watching you practice this again and again, and I'm watching game film, and, like, it's just not happening. It's like, you just, I was like, what do you do? Basically, I was like, how long? I'm basically asking indirectly, like, how long do you just keep trying? And he's like, oh, you just mention it in every practice, and you do it in every practice, you mention it in every huddle, and eventually it happens, and it, and it certainly has. Um, in this particular case, part of our transition offense. And our transition's gotten so much better. Um, so I think there's been both, and this is really a fascinating con- combination, a, vers- uh, a flexibility and a versatility in altering what they do and change and try new things, with the same time having a really solid stick to on the things he knows he believes in and can work. If I'm being fully transparent, like I literally sat down with him recently and I, I did it off the record, so I don't want to get details because I am been so wildly impressed by two aspects of him. One is his calmness and two is his culture. He's really built a culture this year. It's show love last year was team 49, but this, this is what you've got to do. You've got to give people an identity and a tribe and give them something that they're a part of or else. It's aimless. And in a 
by definition, selfish business, the team will become very, very selfish. And then the other thing is, I just think in 18 months of doing this job or whatever it's been now, he's just incredibly calm. Not always in a game, but just outside as the face of the organization. I think he's been impeccable. So in regards to the word development, which is what Dario used, because that was what that show was, the midway point, I don't know. But I do think that when I did where we sat at the five hundred at the fifth forty game mark, I probably should have led with Will Hardy. Because I think we've seen flexibility and a willingness to adapt. We've seen a stick to itiveness on the things he thinks important. I think we've seen him build a culture, which is wildly important. We've seen him bring a group together. It was not together at all when the year started. Not like badly, but I th- think I've shared, like you just looked at the group and the group just didn't naturally do this. Last year, for whatever weird reason, it naturally did that. When they all got there, they all had a chip on their shoulder. They all, they all came together. This year's group, it, it took effort. It took something for them to be a part of, to get to know each other better, to understand. They're just, like if you look at Chris Dunn, there just wasn't someone for him to hang with. If you look at Ochai Baji, there wasn't someone for him to hang with. This, this group doesn't naturally gel together, and he's brought it together, and then the culture and calmness. So Will Hardy's development, probably the thing Jazz fans should be most excited about so far this season. All right, we're just getting started. We will talk about just how awesome what Ryan Smith is doing with hockey and how fun this could be for Salt Lake City and where Utah is going and where this man is driving us. It is great. And we will discuss whether there's anything in Atlanta, Boston, Brooklyn, or Charlotte that would be at all interesting to the Utah Jazz. That's coming up as we continue here on Locked on Jazz. Today's show is brought to you by Intercap Lending. Intercap Lending is a Utah-based lending company. And the best part about Intercap Lending is our guy, our own personal loan officer, Steve Carter. When I, if you noticed, we, we do a good deal of ads on the show but the local endorsement ads we, we just don't we don't do a lot of different guys right like Murdoch's and Intercap and actually have one open spot right now but we're just kind of holding until we find the right people well I, the reason we have Steve Carter is because people like Michelle Reynolds sent in notes and say I cannot say enough good things about Steve Carter he went above and beyond to help me when I thought it wasn't going to be possible he also worked his tail off to get my loan approved closed and funded as fast as could make it happen Thank you for such a positive, easy experience. Truly wonderful to work. And Quentin said he literally, we literally heard about Steve on Locked On Jazz Show, called the main number from Intercap Lending, and luckily got connected right to him. We were blown away at how quickly our refinance came together. Steve was attentive, honest, so sharp. We never felt stressed. It almost always seemed too easy. How is he so good at what he does? We'll give his name to anyone and everyone who needs an agent. That's what makes Steve Carter so great. That's what makes our relationship with Intercap Lending so great. So please, if you need and are in the market for somebody in a uh, lending and you need something to get done, Intercap Lending is your answer. And it is Steve Carter. Feel free to email me first. There's no reason to call the main number unless you've just kind of forgotten. Uh, at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's dlock 9 at gmail.com, and we will make sure that we take care of you. We'll make sure that we get you set up uh, with Steve Carter over at Intercap Lending. Intercap Lending, 
Uh, you can check it out, intercaplending.com, or you can just email me first. Or if you don't want me in your business, I get it. I'm just trying to be helpful, trying to be caring, trying to be there for you. You can call Intercap Lending uh, directly and have Steve Carter uh, take care of you over at Intercap Lending with our own personal loan officer, Steve Carter. Be, be sure to tell them, though, that you came from Locked On so that you can get the Locked On corporate discount. Today's show is also brought to you by Hungry Root. Hungry Root, I was I think I shared this with you yesterday, but if you missed it, I was Hungry Root uh, is a food delivery service. But when I talked to my wife about it, we were looking it over and first she was like, yeah, this is just and then was like she started digging into it like, oh, this isn't just anything like, oh, this is really cool. Um, and it really does some fabulous things. It's basically a grocery delivery system to help you eat healthier. We support all major diets and lifestyles from gluten-free to vegan to dairy-free to low carbs and others. You save money, you reduce food waste, and you save time. Hunger Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality food delivered to your door. They've got healthy groceries, simple recipes, all in one. You take a fun, short quiz, Hunger Root, get to know your goals and how you like to eat, and they'll ask you what flavors you want in your kitchen and what appliances you use, and then they'll keep your needs and preferences top of mind. Start building your cart with delicious recipes and all of your grocery needs for the week. Hunger Root will recommend recipes, groceries based on your taste. Take those suggestions, choose anything you want, and then get fresh produce, high-quality meat, seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks, and more. Right now, use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA, and listeners get 40% off their first delivery and fresh veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash LOCKEDON to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies for life. That's HungryRoot.com slash locked on thank you so much for making locked on jazz your first listen of the day we are free and available on all podcasting apps podcasting apps thank you so much jazz and the washington wizards tonight that you can hear on sirius xm the hometown broadcast available always on sirius xm just search utah jazz um so it's not Jazz related, but it is Ryan Smith sports entertainment crew made their formal appeal to get the uh, hockey into Salt Lake City or the surrounding areas. And I mean, this is just big time. Like this is where I really think Ryan Smith is awesome. Ryan Smith just believes in Utah at the highest level. It's not that other people, and I'm not comparing them to the Millers. I know that's like whatever. I'm not, like, it's not that other people don't believe in Utah. But what Ryan Smith believes that is going to change who we are as a state is that we can do all these things. I think other people loved Utah and other people in our state um, understand its value. But I don't know that there's anyone actually believes in it the way he does believes oh we have enough corporate sponsorship for two maybe three professional sports teams um we have enough um business to be able to support this we have enough people to support this we are you know like the easy answer here is you have the nba franchise the jazz are doing fabulously well they out chris barney led sales crew is out kicking their coverage a great deal and you're like oh well we're good and the risky thing is to say, oh, no, we're going to turn this place into something great and we're going to bring people here 
through sports and entertainment and change how people view the state. And we're going to do it by bringing in another major franchise, which actually could, you know, make corporate dollars harder to get. Have a, Now, if you own both of them, but right, like it's still hard. He's done some things in how they've done sales with the Jazz that are going to allow them to do this in a way that was not the case specifically when the Millers owned it. There's less sponsors, bigger deals, meaning that there's other sponsors can get involved by getting involved in hockey. But it's a real, it's a big risk to like decide that we are big enough to be able to handle that corporate ask on a market our size, and he's all in. And it just is incredible because it feels like in the next ten years, the ten years from now, Salt Lake City and Utah is going to have had another Olympics, and maybe have three pro sports franchises, two colleges, obviously still like two major colleges, like wow. And Ryan is just spearheading this. It's pretty awesome. Um, I get asked a lot. It's probably the number one question I get is what's it like to work? And it's been fabulous. Like the, I mean, I, I was super tight with, again, I don't want it contrasting. It's, it's not, there's no need to do that. So I can just isolate the Millers. Actually, isolate the, the Ashley and Ryan Smith outside of the Millers. I'm not, this is not contrasting. It's been fabulous. There is a quest for greatness that's clear in the organization right now that makes it super fun to work there. There is a community-obsessed feeling of trying to make sure that we're making the community better, which makes it awesome to work there. There's a togetherness in the jazz community and staff that has been built that makes it awesome to work there. And I don't work there every day. I can't imagine how cool it is to be inside the building every day. I'm kind of jealous. Don't misunderstand that. I don't need to go to the office every day. Um, but it really is, it's a wonderful place to be. It's a great place to show up to work. There's a super environment. It's great to wear the gear and like represent the organization right now. Um, Ryan's just got guts. Ryan and Ashley. I think we got to like, we got to be good, better about that. Like it's a little, I understand Ryan's the front person. It's a little like if we didn't learn with Larry and Gail that like Gail was, pretty important brains behind the operations like let's make sure we don't do the same thing here and then in retrospect like oh we forgot about ashley like so ryan and ashley are have guts and are driving this thing and our state and our city and our surrounding areas into places that most people it'd be easier to sit on the sideline and be like yeah we're good we're good we don't, we don't really no we're, no we're just salt lake there's no there's none of that we're not just Utah. So it's really exciting. And it'd be it'll be super fun if we have hockey. Um it'd be super fun if we got baseball too, if Steve Starks and that group can get that done. That would be terrific. It'd be fun if the A's came, like they've talked about this week. This is just wild to be a part of the, the growth of this. I mean, my dad opened up business in Utah in 1976. And like I think Western Airlines had just come into the market and you, I don't Honestly, like, I don't think you could get fresh fish. It sounds crazy, but, like, there wasn't, like, the shit, like, there wasn't just this, like, like, and then Delta buys Western. It's a mo monster moment in the history of, of Salt Lake. And then the Olympics come and so on and so forth. And, like, but and we're just such a different place. It's so awesome. I mean, I remember from a restaurant standpoint, the day after James Beard semifinals come out, I don't know what we did this year. It used to be, like, well, there. someone used to ask, like, well, 
You have Thai restaurants. No, you have one. Yeah, you had one. Like we had Cafe Trang, and if you liked it, then you could had a, like I think they were Vietnamese. You had a Vietnamese restaurant you could go to. But you actually didn't have more than one. You just had one. It was not the most diverse ethnic food scene you'd ever been around. It wasn't the most diverse place you'd ever been. Like we're just evolving in such a beautiful manner and adding so much to who we are as a city and the people and who comes to our city. And I mean, if that's what's driving Ryan, I believe is that by opening up more doors to more people and more different types of people and more, we increase our business because diversity of thought and belief is good. And it adds more. And the more you do that, the more will, the best employees in the world will come to Utah because Utah's amazing. And you can't have outdoors like that. You can't have summer and rec- winter recreation. Southern Utah's mind-blowing. And if you can open the doors to people and get over some of the humps that we have where people aren't quite entirely sure what we are, we're going to have the best and brightest people in the world wanting to come once they realize what's going on and that our business is just going to flourish. Well, he's using sports and entertainment to get that done. It's pretty great. So tip of the hat to Ryan and Ashley uh, and what they're doing. All right, let's let's start. We're going to look at about three or four teams a day is the way I have this planned out. And we're going to start alphabetically. So we're going to start with Atlanta. And I'm not I'm not big into proposing trades. I'm dealing with players' lives, so I see every day. But I'm going to take a look at their rosters. And try to understand from looking at their roster who's available. You guys can then decide in the chat in the chat room or via Twitter. And then whether we have the salaries to match. So that's the one thing you just throughout this conversation, and I'll and I'll bring it full time. So our numbers are the following. John's at 25 million. John and Jordan are basically at 25 million. This is just kind of the easiest way to remember this. So that that we have like two $25 million pieces. Now, Jordan gets interesting because next year he's 14. Colin's at like, Colin and Lowry are at like 15, 16, 17. We're not not trading probably either of those. But Kelly and Talon are a little over 10, and they're unrestricted free agents. And then the rookies are all between two and five. Rookie and second-year players. Okay? So those are kind of your pieces, right? Like, Jordan and John are in the 20s. Colin and Lowry are in the high teens. Kelly and Taylor are in the low teens. And then the rookies. The two unrestricted free agents are Kelly and Taylor. Um, Otherwise, Lowry's got another year. Colin's got three. Jordan's got three. John's basically got three because he had a player option on third year. Um, And then the rookies are under rookie contracts. So, Atlanta... First, you know, wild piece is Trey Young. Like, if you believed in Trey Young, he has four years and two hundred five. He's in the middle of five-year, two hundred fifty million dollars deal. He's got four years left on it. So you'd have to believe that Trey Young is your franchise piece. He's really good offensively and really bad defensively, and still really questionable whether he gets along with anyone. Um, that story just continues to haunt him around the NBA circles of whether or not he gets along uh, with teammates. All the way back to Oklahoma. I don't know if it's true or not. I've never been in a circumstance to know. Um, but that story is always out there. And he's unbelievable offensively and not very good defensively. Clint Capella, the Jazz could trade for. I don't know why. You have Walker. I don't know why you did. DeAndre Hunter 
He's a player I've looked at a million times. He's super interesting. He's got four years, 20 million left. I, I, I honestly have watched him so much this year, and I just don't see it. I, I, on a personal note, like, the numbers are really good. The value's there. Maybe if we had him every day, I would be able to see it, but I, I just don't. I watch him, and I'm left yearning for more every time I watch him. Um, and really, the only way the Jazz would do that would be Jordan Clarkson, so it would be just to get off money. If they thought Hunter was the right piece, at least flat, straight up, you could piece some other things together. Um, I think everyone in Atlanta is available. So if you have a player, Trey Young, Clint Capella, DeAndre Hunter, Bogdan Bogdanovich, DeJounte Murray, Okungu, they're all, I think they're all available. Jalen Johnson actually might be the one player that'd be unavailable, hard to trade for just because his number is so low and he's pretty good. DeJounte Murray is the most talked about. He has five years left on his deal. It gets up to 31. It's a pretty good deal. Frankly, DeJounte Murray's contract might be the most appealing part of trading for him. Pretty good player, wildly inefficient offensively. Under team control at 25 next year, 27-5, 29-5, and 31-5. He's long. He's supposed to be good defensively. I'm not sure he is as much as he once was with his knee surgery. But it's pretty interesting, frankly. Largely because of how decent that contract is. With the cap going up, DeJounte Murray, like a, a main starter is going to be $30 million. And he's below thirty million, so he'll he's a, he's an NBA starter. If you can get him to be efficient, he's not a great points gained player. That's an interesting piece. And then the question is, how many picks are you willing to give up for Dejounte Murray for the Jazz? You guys can discuss that amongst yourselves. But that's obviously the most talked about and most interesting name there. The Jazz would have to piece together, you know, eighteen million. That's not hard for us to do. Um, we could put that, if you're just doing picks, you could Kelly and Taylor it together and just go get DeJounte Murray. If you're, you could Kelly and some other, in a young piece and picks and DeJounte Murray. So that one's not hard. Um, let's go to Boston. Boston names have been mentioned like with Kelly Olenek and others. I, I, Boston has two tradable pieces. Al Horford at 10 million, which I just don't think they'll ever trade. He's just so valuable. Peyton Pritchard at 4 million, who then goes to six, seven, five year contract at like 11 million. And then they just have contracts. Luke Cornett's 2.4, Bruchette's 2.1, Mihailuk's 2 million, Lamar Steven. They would have to piece the other five players to get to 10 million, and they have to be with, they're up, up on the cap. So they have to be within 100. The only thing they really have is a trade exception. They have a trade exception for the Grant Williams trade of $6 million, and they could slide someone into that. That doesn't really work for us. We could, But if there was someone that we could try, slide in under $6 million and get a first or second round pick for, and that we're willing to trade, we could do it. But for us, that's Taylor Hendricks, Ochai Abaji, Keontae George, Simone Fontecchio, Walker Kessler, Omir Yerksaven, Chris Dunn, Bryce Sensabaugh. The only one, I guess, there would be Simone for a first-round pick, but a Boston first-round pick is not that appealing. So I think there's very little to do with Boston. 
Brooklyn's interesting. Brooklyn doesn't control any of their own picks. They control everybody else's. Houston controls their picks. So they have no incentive to lose games. But they have everyone else's picks from trades. Philadelphia, um, uh, Phoenix's. But their pick, they're all going to Houston for the James Harden deal. Um, so it's a little, little tricky for them. 2024 and 2026, just go to Houston. 2025 is a pick swap. 2027 is a pick swap. So they, they're, they, they need, they have no incentive to lose. So someone like Mikael Bridges, who would be fabulous, who's $20 million contract for each of the next three, absolutely fabulous. We probably type of player we should go into our cadre of picks and go get. Is a is a difficult piece. I just realized I forgot to did I, I forgot to take a commercial break. I got all into this. Forgot to take a break. I like only run the company. I forget to do these things. All right, we'll get back to Brooklyn in a second. We'll continue here on Locked On Jazz. That was silly, wasn't it? Uh today's show is bought, brought to you in part by Prize Picks. Prize Picks, your daily fantasy. Sports, fun, no competing against bots, no competing against other kind of evil empire things out there. It's just daily fantasy sports made fun. Go to Locked On NBA to get your first deposit matched up to $100 at prizepicks.com. The cool thing about prize picks is they make it fun for you. They intermix the NBA and the NFL. They make sure that if your player gets hurt, you get rebooted. And they have quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, enormous selection of players. Stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Taco Tuesday this week. Hopefully you got involved in that. But if you didn't, make sure you do next week. By the way, here's how it works. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use the code LockedOnNBA for your first deposit match up to $100. That's go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use your first deposit match up to a hundred dollars it's all over at prize picks you pick more or less than two to six players on stat projections and you watch the winnings roll in today's show is also brought to you and i chuckle and smile and laugh by grammarly and really if there's anyone in the world who should be promoting grammarly it's your dyslexic friend over here who has more typos more spelling mistakes, more bad grammar, despite many dollars spent on my education. When it comes to writing, Grammarly is there to support you start to finish. For over 10 years, Grammarly has been powered by AI technology you can trust to help you across the places where you write most. And now Grammarly helps you even more. With one click, you can easily brainstorm, rewrite, and reply with suggestions based on your context and goals so you can easily improve productivity in your teams. It's the best. It's a lifesaver. It's unbelievably. When you're stuck with writing at work, Grammarly can help you get ideas, outlines, even tips. You need to polish your writing. Grammarly can help you paraphrase, rewrite, or be more concise. I'm a little wordy. And if you need to get through your emails quicker, Grammarly can help summarize your emails and provide suggestions on how to reply in seconds. That's super cool. Grammarly does it all. Big presentation coming up. Just day-to-day email, whatever it is. The best part is it's free to use. So go to Grammarly, G R A 
G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash podcast. G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash podcast. Grammarly. Oh, how I love you. All right, back to Brooklyn. Um, Brooklyn's got some pieces on their roster that I think are, like, at some point, the Jazz have to go into their cachet of picks and make moves. And they have to decide who the players are they think that are that special. So, Mikel Bridges is the obvious one, but he's 27 years old, and Brooklyn has no incentive to lose. So, you'd have to blow their socks off. But again, they don't have any incentive to lose. The second one would be, do you believe in Cam Johnson? I, I don't know what I think on that. The contract's great. The contract's 25, 23, 21, 23. Again, that's below average for an NBA starting player. So if you really believed in Cam Johnson, this is a, like these contracts with the where contracts are going and the numbers from last year, like 10 million is a bench player who doesn't always play. 20 is a rotation player, 30 is a starter. Cam Johnson has just kind of plateaued now stunningly in six seasons in the NBA. So 39% three-point shooter. He's been higher the last years. He got, he got lower when he went to Brooklyn and had took larger role. He's averaging 15, 16 points a game, five rebounds, two assists. He's 6'8". And he, he's, he's a really nice NBA player. And if you, like, have a vision, you're Justin Zanuck and Danny Ainge, see how he fits in it really well against next to Lowry or something like that, then like, yeah, let's go see what we can do. But again, difficult to do with Brooklyn because of the fact that they don't need picks. They don't have any dead weight salary either. Like that's one of the things you're gonna kind of come up is dead weight salary. Um it Spencer Dinwiddie's twenty million dollar free agent. He's just free agent of the year. There's no reason to go give anything up for him. Finney Smith is 30 years old and a nice player, but that's the kind of player you add when you're about to win, trying to win a title. We're not there. Otherwise, unless Lonnie Walker Jr. I think has played really, really well and I would look into, but he's again, he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year and we're not in any rush to go get that done. Let's look at Charlotte. Bobby Marks has floated around on ESPN the idea that the Jazz Trade for Miles Bridges, who's a, I guess he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. He never got his deal done. And that we would take back second round picks for that. Second round pick from Charlotte's pretty good acquisition. We would send either Kelly Taylor. I, I don't entirely understand why Charlotte's doing that. I saw that. Charlotte now is Kyle Lowry, Gordon Hayward, $30 million each expiring um it's not entirely clear like brandon miller's really good Lamelo ball is i i thought was going to explode this year since he's come back they've not gotten better he's about to max out like what are their pieces cody martin's sitting on a seven eight eight million dollar contract four years like a, they trying to get off money to just clear that, and is that Cody Martin someone who plays hard and you like? He plays hard. P.J. Washington 
has been an interesting player. It's kind of been talked and bantied about. Former 12th pick of the draft. It's kind of similar to Cam Johnson, actually. He's now in his fifth year. He's kind of plateaued at 12 points a game. 36% three-point shooter. Just does, like, a lot of things, but nothing wow. He's got three years left at 14 this year, 16, 15. Two years left after this year at 15 and 14. Again, this would be one where if our scouting staff just has a player they think is, can be a lot better than he is, and then they go, they just go make the move and they go get him. So four teams in, and we'll continue to do three or four teams tonight. Like, eh, eh, right? But I don't see this as a trade deadline where the Jazz are going to be able to go find that guy. Some franchise-changing piece of who they are. The question is whether the Jazz thin the roster out a little bit, gain a few pieces from thinning out the roster to be able to open up time, clear it up a little bit as we head into the second half of the season. That is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Thanks so much. We'll now send you over to the first ever 24-7 national sports channel, Locked on Sports Today. Thank you so much to the everydayers, and thank you for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day.